0: you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. What happens to Easter when we can no longer rely on spring? A short thought for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of Mindful Meditation. Easter is rapidly approaching, and, because I will be away on leave at that time, thanks to the kindness of the congregation whom I serve, for the first time in my 23 years of ministry, I won't be conducting either the Good Friday Communion service or the service on Easter Sunday. In accord with the Church's long-standing liberal, free religious tradition, I, of course, have no authority to tell its members what they must or must not be saying, In the short addresses and or thoughts for the day, they might choose to offer each other. But I am empowered by them to make suggestions when I think there is something important at stake. And this week we can all clearly see something unimaginably important is at stake. On Monday of last week, the Spring Equinox coincided with the publication of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's frankly frightening final part of its sixth assessment report. For those of you who did not read the IPCC report itself or read any articles about it, it makes it clear that everything but everything is at stake. Quote, there is a rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. In the liberal Christian tradition as a whole, the tradition, of course, out of which the local Unitarian Church whom I serve comes, as belief in the literal reality of the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, began to disappear during the 18th century, At Easter, its preachers began to talk more and more about the resurrection in clearly metaphorical and increasingly naturalist terms. The resurrection became, quite straightforwardly, a metaphor for spring, the season during which, out of the apparent death that comes during winter, there eternally springs forth new life. I'm sure most of you have, at one time or another, been to liberal Christian Easter services that have done just this. For a good couple of hundred years, this move has proved reasonably effective for its churches and ministers, because it has allowed them to continue to claim that, alongside their commitment to the natural and human sciences, they were simultaneously able to remain in meaningful continuity with the challenging Easter proclamation made by St. Paul in his first letter to the Corinthians. This is chapter 15, verses 12 to 14. Quote, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation has been in vain, And your faith has been in vain. But let's be honest about this. Who today, within the theologically liberal churches at least, let alone within wider British, European, and North American society, who really thinks St. Paul is saying anything even vaguely plausible here? Of course, as historians of religion, we can and should try to understand something of how and why Paul said what he said and how and why his claim might have seemed plausible to people in earlier times and in different cultures. As sociologists or anthropologists of religion, we can and should also try to understand something of why many people today continue to believe St Paul's claim, despite the wealth of evidence against it. But in liberal Christian circles, we, today, need to acknowledge that almost no one thinks St Paul's claim is literally true. So why at Easter doesn't liberal Christianity more often come out and explicitly reject Paul on this point? Well, I'm reasonably certain it's because of the sheer attractive power of the metaphor that the resurrection is really all about spring – The liberal Christian tradition may well no longer believe in the resurrection, alas, St. Paul, but, as a religious tradition committed to the natural and social sciences, it most certainly does believe in spring and the natural cycle of life that undergirds it. And since, in its mind, resurrection is now spring, and spring is now resurrection, it has, as of yet, felt no pressing need to reject or let go of its celebration of the Christian Easter. In short, for Liberal Christianity, the resurrection and spring continue to go together, like a horse and carriage. But now, in the context of the IPCC's report, Liberal Christianity faces a massive problem. What happens when it realises it can no longer rely upon the coming of spring? What happens when the horse suddenly threatens to become detached from the carriage? It seems indisputable to me that liberal Christianity's ability to continue to celebrate Easter relies entirely upon being able to continue to believe in spring. The reality of spring carries all the weight in its celebration of Easter, and the resurrection is today simply its own local traditions, mythical anthropomorphic clothing and colour. At this point, I want to be clear that I don't reject the use of such mythical anthropomorphic clothing and colour because, along with one of my heroes, the political theorist and philosopher Jane Bennett, I'm certain that the careful use of anthropomorphisation has a hugely valuable role to play in helping us better to understand and emotionally connect with nature naturing, nature doing what nature does. Personifying Spring as the risen Christ, as the Anglo Saxon goddess Istra, from whom, of course, we get the name Easter, or as Venus Aphrodite, my own preferred personification of Spring. This seems fine, in very careful moderation, that is. But the IPCC report makes it clear that the coming of spring, indeed the coming of any season, once so reliable and life-sustaining, is now radically threatened by our continued self-destructive commitment to a way of life that is proving to be little more than a death cult, based as it is on suicidally excessive fossil fuel use and the fantasy of infinite economic growth. Some 200 years ago, the liberal Christian tradition found a creative way to deal with its loss of belief in the literal resurrection that St Paul once claimed was essential to true faith. It discovered it wasn't essential. But what it did discover, via the metaphor that resurrection is spring and spring is resurrection, was that spring and the natural cycle of life that undergirds it assuredly was essential. All life relies upon it. For the liberal Christian tradition, it was a beautiful and serendipitous fact that the season of spring was able to be woven seamlessly together with the myth of the risen Christ. It is a beautiful and serendipitous fact that the same is also true with the Anglo-Saxon goddess Estra, and Venus Aphrodite, not to mention the many, many other personifications of spring around the globe. The truth is that we can all live faithfully and fully without the literal Christian resurrection. There is, after all, 2,000 years of evidence to back up this claim. Consequently, on this point, we can assuredly say that St Paul was utterly wrong. But, 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 without spring and the natural cycle of life that undergirds it, we lose not only all our beautiful spring myths and festivals, but all life itself, forever. My plea is, therefore, that anything we say to each other this Easter, and indeed every Easter following, no longer defaults to reciting poems and readings in a fashion that suggests we can all rest secure in the knowledge that spring is assuredly coming. Belief that this return is eternally assured is, as of today, frankly as implausible as belief in the literal resurrection of Christ. To continue to believe this is now dangerous, very, very dangerous. Consequently, from now on, all our words at Easter, and indeed at all other times of the year, All our words must surely be dedicated to persuading as many people, as fast as possible, to abandon their commitment to a way of life that is, as I have just said, nothing more than a death cult, and instead to encourage them to adopt much simpler, more compassionate, nature-reverencing and affirming ways of life. Nothing less is sufficient for our time and circumstances. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path.